Oh Lord, some Bible stories we know so well that we think we already understand them through and through. So as your word is read and proclaimed, open our ears and open our hearts to your word for us today. Write it on our hearts and make your word the light for our path. Amen. Our scripture reading is from uh, the 13th chapter of Matthew, starting at the 24th verse. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like someone who planted good seed in his field. While people were sleeping, an enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat and went away. When the stalks sprouted and bore grain, then the weeds also appeared. The servants of the landowner came and said to him, Master, didn't you plant good seed in your field? Then how is it? It's got weeds. An enemy has done this, he answered. The servant said to him, Do you want us to go and gather them? But the landowner said, No, because if you gather the weeds, you'll pull up the wheat along with them. Let both grow side by side until the harvest and at harvest time, I'll say to the harvesters, first, gather the weeds and tie them together in bundles to be burned. But bring the wheat into my barn. He told another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and planted in his field. It's the smallest of all seeds. But when it's grown, it's the largest of all the vegetable plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds in the sky come and nest in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast, which a woman took and hid in a bushel of wheat, uh, wheat flour until the yeast had worked its way through all the dough. Jesus said all these things to the crowds in parables, and he spoke to them only in parables. This was to fulfill what the prophet spoke. I'll speak in parables. I'll declare what has been hidden since the beginning of the world. Jesus left the crowds and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. Jesus replied, the one who plants the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seeds are the followers of the kingdom, but the weeds are the followers of the evil one. The enemy who planted them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the present age. The harvesters are the angels. Just as people gather weeds and burn them in the fire, so it will be at the end of the present age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that cause people to fall away and all people who sin, he will throw them into a burning furnace. People there will be weeping and grinding their teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in, the, in their father's kingdom. Those who have ears should hear. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that someone hid in a field which someone else found and covered up. Full of joy, the finder sold everything and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant 
in search of fine pearls when he found one very precious pearl. He went and sold all that he owned and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that people threw into the lake and gathered all kinds of fish. When it was full, they pulled it to the shore where they sat down and put the good fish together into containers, but the bad fish, they threw away. That's the way it will be at the end of the present age. The angels will go out and separate the evil people from the righteous people and will throw out the evil ones into a burning furnace. People there will be weeping and grinding their teeth. Then Jesus said, have you understood all these things? And the disciples said to him, yes. Then he said to them, therefore, every legal expert who's been trained as a disciple for the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings old and new things out of the treasure chest. When Jesus finished these parables, he departed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Like what? If you are trying to tell someone something that you know about and they don't, that word like comes in handy. You can compare what they don't know to something they do know. For example, while I was cleaning up in our yard after Hurricane Fran, I tugged hard on a huge limb as I tried, I was trying to drag it to the street because the state was hauling stuff away. The problem was the limb was firmly planted in that solid clay yard that I told you about last week. <laughs> so I moved and the earth did not move. That incident resulted in a painful but not a visible injury. Coworkers and friends just, they didn't understand some of my behavior, like not helping move things around the office or whatever, or carry stuff. They didn't understand why I kept having a pained expression on my face. So I described it to them this way. I said, you know how when you want a, a drumstick off a chicken or a turkey and you just give it a rip and a twist? For about three months, I knew exactly how the chicken felt. <laughs> you see, it was like that. Well. According to this little book, uh, The Oxford Companion to the English Language, a parable is an analogy or an extended simile, a short narrative with an oblique style and a moral meaning. And they add that a parable generally uses plausible events, situations that might be familiar to listeners or readers in order to present or illustrate a profound truth. Or teaching. Now typically parables begin with similes and similes begin with like. They also say that the uh,
parables generally differ from the fable because a lot of fables deal with animals. So these parables have to do with human beings and everyday events. And they're different from allegory because most of them have a single point of teaching, a, not a whole set of teachings, but main, one main point. So, how about those parables in the 13th chapter of Matthew? Last week we considered how the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer sowing on four different kinds of soil, one of which yields fabulously. In today's verses from Matthew 13, we hear, we hear some more comparisons. The kingdom of heaven is like, it's like a field of wheat maliciously oversown with weeds that are too hard to tell from the real grain. By the way, that was a real problem in those days. There was even a law, I forget what the consequences were, but there was a law against sowing your neighbor's field with weeds. Somebody sows my yard with dandelions every year <laughs> and clover. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is also like a tiny mustard seed that grows into huge shrub. It's like a little yeast that leavens the whole loaf. It's like a priceless treasure you stumble on in a field worth selling everything you've got to buy. It's like a pearl hunter who sells everything he's got to get the very best pearl. And it's like a dragnet that gathers all kinds of fish to get sorted out later. Well, friends, I do believe that if I ask you the same question Jesus asked the disciples, you would give a, a more honest answer than they did. Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked? And they said, yes. Really? <laughs> Do you really think they did? I don't. Well, for extra credit, I guess for that yes answer, they got one more comparison. Jesus said, every legal expert who's been trained as a disciple for the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings old and new things out of the treasure chest. What's that about? Well, but first, what is this kingdom of heaven that all these things are like? And how? How is this kingdom of heaven like a weed-infested wheat field, a priceless pearl, a mustard seed, a field with buried treasure, a dragnet, and a householder with a treasure chest? What is the kingdom of heaven? Well, it's what Matthew called God's power and rule in the human world. This heavenly empire is not located in some other space, in some other time. It's already present in the proclamation and the ministry of Jesus Christ and his disciples, which includes you and me, here in this world. Kingdom of heaven is kind of, it's a Matthew phrase. You see, the Jews... They believed it was disrespectful to use God's name. And so instead of saying kingdom of God, they would say kingdom of heaven. Well, in a similar way, there are people now who prefer to say empire of God so that they can avoid that masculine word king. Well, whatever you call it, Matthew used the name, the same, it's the same Greek word that was used to describe the Roman Empire. And that's one of the reasons that Jesus taught in parables, because anything that might be seen to challenge Roman rule, that was dangerous to talk about. 
There was a Bible scholar named William Barclay who put it this way. The kingdom of God does not mean an area of land. It does not mean the domain. The domain. It means the dominion of God. It does not mean a territory in which God is king. It means, it does mean a condition of heart and mind and will where God is Lord of all. Barclay says that when Jesus spoke of the kingdom of God, he thought of doing God's will as perfectly on earth as it was done in heaven, which is something we pray for whenever we pray the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, now that we know something about what the kingdom of heaven is, let's look at what it's like and why. The mustard seed is like the kingdom of heaven because it surprises by starting out so very small and growing to be so great. Similarly, the kingdom of heaven is like that small amount of yeast which can leaven a 50-pound sack of flour. Again, its effect is disproportionate and startlingly so. As for the field where the hidden treasure is and the precious pearl, the kingdom of heaven is like both of them because... Their value is so great it's worth sacrificing everything to, to obtain. Everything. Both the dragnet that capture all kinds of fish and the field where the wheat and the weeds grow together represent judgment. But not by us. Not our job. But by God in the fullness of time. And that extra credit parable, the one about how the kingdom of heaven is like a head of a household brings out old and new things out of their treasure chest. Both the old scriptures of the Hebrew Bible, what we call the Old Testament, and the new fulfillment in the life and ministry of Jesus, which is testified to in what we call the New Testament, both are the treasure chest of God's word. So let all who have ears to hear and eyes to read pay attention. Thanks be to God. Go from this place as seed and yeast willing to immerse yourself in the larger purpose of God. Go from this place as fishermen and treasure seekers pouring out your days in search of hidden grace. And now may God who searches the heart, Jesus whose love overcomes all divisions, and the Spirit who gives us breath and courage continue to lead us all in a life of service and, and peace.